Hi, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Movie Consigliere. We're back with a second episode, and I am here, Josh Shippen, here with Anthony Vessa. We're starting out just the two of us today, but we should have Baker Tuthill uh, jumping in in a few minutes. He's running a little bit late today. And today, we are going over our top 10 movies, and this was a project that both Anthony and I were excited to do. Not as excited as our 10 worst movies, but still pretty excited. Isn't that right? I would say that's right. And um, how would you... uh, Do you want to kind of walk people through how we found our top 10? It's kind of an interesting story. Yeah, sure. Um, You know, like... A year ago, during the pandemic, we uh we were pretty bored. So we just decided, oh, not to mention, we were having this huge debate over the Indiana Jones movies. Was that how this started? I think so. It, at first it was Star Wars, then it was Indiana Jones. Um, and then we just decided, you know what, why not? Let's, you know, rank every single movie we've, you know, ever watched and ever will watch and... That's kind of how this list was born. And ever will watch. That That's correct. Hmm. I don't know about that one, but we certainly did rank every movie that we ever watched. And Baker's over here. He just came in. He's trying yep. not to giggle. And uh, has. do you have your top ten list sorted? Uh, yes. It's, no, it's not in any particular order. Okay. I have it. And I, I, can, see. I can make it in order right now if I need to. That would be preferable. Good, good. All right. Bad preparation on your part. One, I already kind of ranked them the way they are. All right. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a manner of speaking. We're getting a great start to the show, guys. We're kicking it right <laughs> off. Um, so we all have our lists ready, except for Baker. So I think... <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> the easiest way to do this is we're just going to go straight down our lists and then kind of talk about i i have big disagreements with anthony's list i'm sure he has big disagreements with mine i'm sure we both have big disagreements with baker's so <laughs> and no one actually knows baker's list except you know apparently baker <laughs> well not Maybe. even i fully understand it so so it's a separate entity yes. uh, it's own life force it's a if wild you will. card at the table but All right. I, I would say you should just be happy I didn't put Carnival Magic on it or something. Yes, Baker, famously a proponent of this movie <laughs> called Carnival Magic, which I can't find on any streaming service. Anyone who, who has watched it knows. If anyone know. has watched it, please reach out <laughs> and tell us, what does it, does it exist? <laughs> yes, it does. It's real. I'm questioning its existence by now. And I'm All right. Buy it off of a shifty cult movie website. Okay, and before we all get arrested, <laughs> we're going to move on. Got it. And we're going to stop stalling now that everyone is here and has their top ten list ready. <laughs> so, mine, Inception, which of course Christopher Nolan his big movie, Django Unchained, a Tarantino movie, The Dark Knight off of Batman, uh, The Shawshank Redemption, The Social Network. The Sixth Sense, Nightcrawler, The Empire Strikes Back, Memento, and Ocean's Eleven. Oh, that's a good one. All right, for my list, you'll be hearing some repeats, with number one being The Shawshank Redemption, and number two, I've got Inception, then The Dark Knight, then Ocean's Eleven, then a new one, Hacksaw Ridge, then... uh, the Empire Strikes Back, um, then Saving Private Ryan, Memento, Fight Club, and Pulp Fiction at oh, 10. Fight Club and Pulp Fiction are so good. Barely, mm. barely missed on my list. Hmm. <laughs> well, whereas with Anthony's list, you may hear some repeats. I doubt you will hear any here, at least not many. <laughs> and I already cheated in the first two numbers, three numbers, because uh, my favorite is The Dark Knight. Mm. My second favorite is The Gladiator. Mm. My third favorite is the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy summed up as one movie for the purpose of the list. That's cheating. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yes, indeed. Uh, My fourth is Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Please. My fifth is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. (laughs) My my sixth is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. My seventh is The Truman Show. My eighth is... um, did I remember that? Yes. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. 
My ninth is The Princess Bride, and my tenth is The Adventures of Tintin Animated Movie. <laughs> so, I thought we weren't going to have anything to talk about <laughs> with this show at first, because Anthony and I's lists are so similar, and I figured yours would be close. <laughs> Luckily, I had at least seven problems with that list. Good, so, good. we'll be able right. to get off to a flying start. <laughs> One constant on every list, if we can just talk about the good things before we all scream at each other, <laughs> yes. is... Um, the Dark Knight was featured on all of our lists. I have it third. I believe Anthony has it third, third. as well. And you first, have it first. Yeah. Although it could definitely fall down. I had to make that ranking quick, but yes. Why do you think it could fall down? Um, I think that I, I've i yet to see some of the movies that you guys really like, like Inception. Um, you still haven't seen Inception. And notably... Uh, the Matrix Part Two, <laughs> but not on either of our lists. <laughs> but uh, and some other movies that I have on this list, like The Gladiator, is in contention for it. Definitely, um, there's some. I know you guys. I can tell all your faces. <laughs> I just don't. I haven't even seen it, but I've heard everything I've heard about it. It's like a low, like a low plot. Right. Low. So just for some. Uh, you know, reference, I put it at 93rd on my list, <laughs> just below Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. That is really unfair. At a 76. Oh, that's not that bad. Compared in, in what scenario did you watch this movie? Uh, you know, just, like, regularly at my house, you know, on my TV, like most normal people do. This is such exciting podcasting. <laughs> Stay listening, guys. I just can't believe anyone would... <laughs> That's supposed <laughs> to be that much. The Rotten it's Tomatoes critic score of 77. Okay, but Rotten bad. Tomatoes can get a little ridiculous. Hey, Captain America fair, the Winter fair. Soldier has like a 92 or 94. Yeah, and so does The Last Jedi. Oh, no. <laughs> really? The audience score is terrible, but the critics loved it. Hmm. Even well, though it was one of the worst movies ever made. it is an objectively made. terrific movie. <laughs> so we might be talking about The Last Jedi again on our next podcast. Oh, no. That's a teaser. That'll be funny. Yeah. Anyway, uh, weren't we talking about The Dark Knight? Yeah. <laughs> um, Great stuff. Good movie. <laughs> I thought it was funny when the Joker came on. Okay, uh, but no, you said... <laughs> but in all seriousness, no, The Dark Knight is like... I've always appreciated superhero movies, but I never thought that one would be like at the top of a ranking. I'm not one of those people who like is obsessed with Marvel or DC or anything, but, like, watching The Dark Knight, I was in suspense the entire time. Like, it took those characters who probably don't have a lot of depth in the original comics or, like, at least have, like, way too much and kind of hard to handle. And also took the first movie in the Dark Knight trilogy, which wasn't that good, and made, like, oh, something fine. really incredible out of it. Well, it was fine, but... And it, it just it turned out fantastic. Like, consider putting on the top. The jo- yeah, definitely not. It would be in my top 100. The Joker is just like one of the best villains I've ever watched and walk uh, not that's not the name of the actor I forgot the name of the Heath actor Ledger. Heath oh Ledger oh my gosh <laughs> we just did an amazing performance of that and Batman's performance was pretty good too so yeah yes uh, the Heath Ledger Joker performance is the best acting performance I have ever seen personally fact um and not to mention the score is surprisingly good despite not being the most like memorable or iconic it fits the movie very well the uh the joker's theme is one note and it might be the mess- really? best theme in the entire movie it's just a drone <clears throat> this uh... this violin on a concert d and it's Oh, it is so suspenseful. It just entraps you. The first time I ever saw The Dark Knight actually wasn't until I was, I think, 16 or 17. And when the Joker's got the knife in the guy's mouth, you want to know how I got these scars? It's, I'm like, I'm staring at the TV just being like, oh my gosh, this is PG-13. What is going to happen next? What is going on? I'm so stressed about this guy with a knife in his mouth. And it's... It's amazing that a movie can do that to you. It speaks to to Christopher Nolan's directing, which I feel that Christopher Nolan is the best director ever. And wow. okay. Who would you put above him? Uh, George Lucas. Fantastic. Oh. No. Okay. No. Please, no. Chris Nolan. That was better. a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> For everyone at home. 
That was, that was uh, for for all the audience that we retain. It was a quip. <laughs> <laughs> the three of you left, please. <laughs> um, don't fry me alive. Yes, but Josh, continue. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's all I have. Christopher Nolan's pretty cool. Yeah, that's your assessment of Christopher <laughs> Nolan. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He looks funny. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I have three of Christopher Nolan's in my top ten. Um, oh wow. Inception, The Dark Knight, and Memento. I have the same three. And I have Interstellar sitting a little bit outside of the list. The reason that it didn't make it on is it's a little too much Hollywood science. And it relies on a weaker plot than the rest of the Nolan movies do. Agreed, yeah. I also have it just outside of the list at 13th. I mean, a really good movie that everyone should still check out, but not worth a top 10 spot. I would say that um, the other two, though, Inception and Memento, both extremely well-crafted movies, great scores. Um, Inception's is a little better than Memento's Agreed, in the sure. score area. Um, definitely check both of these movies out. Memento is really weird in the way that you could get the entire movie spoiled and still go into it and get mostly the same excitement from watching it the first time it's that kind of a movie yeah i agree now <clears throat> let's talk about inception i have it at second uh josh you have it at what first yeah yeah first so this movie i have it rated at a 100 out of 100 tied with the shawshank redemption um though not quite as good in my opinion very close though close second um Again, we mentioned the score of Inception. It's amazing. Like Hans Zimmer. Great yeah. stuff from him. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Hans Zimmer is No, incredible. for sure, yeah. My second favorite composer, just behind John Williams. We need to have a podcast on this sometime. Yeah, we do. Because I strongly disagree with you. All right. I think John Williams is better, too. But I'd have to listen to some scores just on their own. And uh, I think that... John Williams was able to craft some more iconic scores than Zimmer, which is why he has the edge. Well, yeah, but I think Zimmer's more talented. He is the young Williams. Blood, Williams least, not really, but compared to John Williams, Williams is more memorable. But I think Zimmer is a lot more talented when it comes to creating an atmosphere in a movie. Could be, could be. I but don't know, like. I was trying to look up the specific track, but I don't have service. But anyway, like John Williams has so many iconic like musical attributes that just kind of made their way into film cinematography or not cinematography i don't even know what you call it composing um like for example kind of when the hero this started in the harry potter series is when most people know of it like when something's happening uh this one instrument that's kind of uh, i don't know what it's called but when the when the hero is finding something they're discovering a plot hook and there's he always does like this distinct thing and he does something else and another time, and it's kind of become something that audiences absorb now. Like, when they're listening to the music, they're like, yes, I recognize what this means. So he's kind of a pioneer in that aspect. Well, I don't know that he's a pioneer in that aspect, because I think you find that in a lot of movies. Um, I think Williams is one of the better ones at doing it. But I think that continues throughout the Harry Potter movies, especially into 5, 6, 7, that territory. He stopped composing the scores at 3. Hmm. It went to Patrick Doyle for four, which is by far the weakest score. Yeah. Nicholas Hooper handled five and six, and Alexander Desplat handled seven and uh, seven part one and two. And I feel like that's the best set of scores, as in seven part one and part two. Because yeah, I probably. think that that first Harry Potter movie certainly has like the the most memorable score, but yeah, not the most the talented point. one. I mean, I kind of then again, the, the yeah. you know, the part one and part two of the Deathly Hollows do <clears throat> mostly follow a variation of that score, though a more fitting one for the... Um, I'm going to have to disagree with you. You should listen to that score, because there's a lot of original stuff in that score, more so than there is homages to even the first one, let alone straight <laughs> copies. I've spent a lot of time with that score, but... um, <laughs> We can tell, yeah. But yeah, we're all kind of we're all kind of uh, composer nerds in here, but we need to move on so that we can talk about our lists. So we kind of went over Inception briefly. Um, let's see. 
Did you have Shawshank on your list? Have you seen Shawshank? I have Shawshank? not seen Shawshank Redemption, no. This is a disappointment. <laughs> Yet another... Don't sugarcoat it, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Yet another one of the movies that I need to watch and just have not. Since I'm too busy spending my time watching Carnival Magic on repeat... And okay, anyways, um, Anthony and I time. have been watching... Sha- have both watched Shawshank... Several times. Uh, no. No. Didn't you say you only watched it, like, twice or three times? I, I've watched it eh, three or four. See, and I've only watched it once. It's not something that you really need a bunch of repeat viewings for. You know, that's true. I haven't watched it nearly as many times as Inception or The Dark Knight. But it is a masterfully crafted movie, in my opinion, with some great acting performances throughout the movie. And it manages to start you off with an idea of what it's going to be and then totally distract you from what you thought it was going to be and then just go right back to it. Like, it's crazy. It's a double bait and switch. It really yeah. tricks you. Um, the first viewing was incredible, and it does lose its novelty after the first viewing, which is why I think Josh ranked it a little lower than I did. But I still think that it deserves a first place spot on my list. I ranked it lower for that reason and because Morgan Freeman won't shut up. I don't need him telling me how to feel something. I can feel it already because it's a well-directed movie. All right, if we're talking about telling people things, then let's not forget that Attack of the Clones tells you to <laughs> feel intensity. <laughs> Or Anakin will scream it in The Phantom Menace. And as we all know, Attack of the Clones is the gold standard for movies. <laughs> now, another movie we might be talking about on the next podcast. We'll see. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm excited. For the bottom ten movies, really. <laughs> That's what you're uh, excited oh, for. I actually am more excited for that than this. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Unfortunately, uh, Carnival Magic may be there. Unfortunately. Or maybe not. I don't know. Um, yes... What? <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> Did you end up putting Ocean's Eleven on your list? No, I kind of forgot about it, but it's a really, really good one. It's good. Sad. Yeah, I don't know where... I think I would have put it around five. Um, it's a fantastic movie. All right, so let's talk about Gladiator. <laughs> so how, <laughs> how did that journey up... <laughs> So to the number two spot. Listen, I don't remember how long that movie was, but it's really, really long. And to have a movie that is just interesting enough to keep you watching, and it lost my interest a little bit at some times, but to barely lose your interest uh, is pretty impressive. Additionally, I think it was Joaquin Phoenix who played the villain in that movie, and he was really good. Well, like, Joaqu- Joaquin Phoenix is good in everything. Yes, and he was he did really well. Um, that, that I don't know. It was just a kind of... A really interesting movie to me. Um, I always had thought I will never watch like a three-hour movie. Like that's not something that is going to be fun. Uh, Carnival Magic. I would rather watch it. Carnival and... Magic is three hours. No, <laughs> no. It, fortunately for the rest of humanity, but um, but it did. It worked, and I thought it was a, a a compelling story. If not like super untold, it wasn't something that was new, but. It was a good story. It was well told. So, I'm going to say this. I don't remember that much about this movie. And that's a problem. Because I've watched it somewhat recently. Um, uh, yeah. We're starting... We're a great start here. <laughs> so, once again, um, I'd like to remind you, 93rd on my list of... <laughs> let's see. Okay, I have... 362 movies ranked right now. And really? It's 93rd. I thought you had more than that. Uh, apparently not. Hmm. Well, it could be worse. So, could it? you know, overall, yes. <laughs> not bad, but, you know, definitely not deserving the it's number two spot. Above I, I think Ocean's Eleven. I, I get it confused with all the other movies that, like, even movies that are only, like, barely related to it. Like, they just start to blur together. It just seems like you know, an overtold story that has some compelling moments, but has a lot of boring, you know, random stuff hmm. in it, too. Also, Russell Crowe, not an exciting actor. At yeah, least for yeah, me. He didn't do Who a did bad job in this movie. 
Uh, the main character. I don't oh, know. I haven't seen the movie, but I yeah. have, like... He I, did an okay I, job. I've seen Russell Crowe. He did pretty well. Okay. He probably got cast because he looked the part. I don't know. But he was good. He definitely didn't, like, butcher the role. It was really well done. Well, he doesn't butcher roles, but he's just kind of boring. He's but like he's, he's like a more, B-level Mel Gibson, and I don't even more, like Mel Gibson that it's much. It's more human, you know, when you have to play a character who is more human... It's it's less exciting. I mean, like, when you watch Joaquin Phoenix, most humans don't act like the Joker or the villain, like the Emperor from Gladiator, but he plays them really well, and they're still convincing. It's not unconvincing, it's just... It's different. Joaquin Phoenix, also one of the great <clears throat> actors of our generation. Yes, he's really good. I'm not diminishing him at all. Okay. Um, one controversial thing I wanted to bring up, Anthony... Has Elf on his list at about eleventh or twelfth. All right, so Elf. I mean, which I like, is extremely like surprising to me. <laughs> so, and Anthony, uh, I'm going to disturb the uh, the list for just a second to find where I have Elf. <laughs> Go ahead and speak. I've heard so this one. I Elf is actually a superior movie than <laughs> to <just> what? <laughs> uh, whoops. I mean, I agree. It's it's fun, but it's fun. <laughs> You messed up my list. I like watching I told Elf. you I was going to do but that. Elf. I just needed to remind myself that Elf, on my list of 486 movies, was 186th. Anyway, keep talking. All right, so <laughs> let, let's talk about Will Ferrell for a second. Uh, no, I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen many Will Ferrell movies. I think he's funny. But he, in his role as Elf, he is just perfect. Like, that movie... The reason it got so high on my list is I think it's the best in the comedy and Christmas film genre. <laughs> um, Keep it, talking. <laughs> it may I, not yeah. be the objective quality that we see on some of these other films, but it is a very enjoyable movie with a lot of funny, if not over-the-top and ridiculous moments. Um... So yeah, that that's why it's twelfth on my list. Yeah, I mean, Elf is is funny. It it stood the test of time. I'm not like hyped to watch it every year, so I'm not sure why you would put it that high on your list. But it it is certainly good, especially for a Christmas movie. And I mean, speaking of Will Ferrell, Talladega Nights. If you've ever watched it, oh, pretty good movie. But what's really important about that movie is to watch the entire thing for context. And then watch the after credit scene where they say, where Will Ferrell stands up and he's pretending to advertise products as his character. And he says, never mind, you just have to watch it. And then you'll, you'll bellow out laughing and everyone will say, wow, that was really worth it just for the after credit scene. But moving on, Josh, why don't you like the movie L? That really just happened, didn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for the audience. It's too funny. It w- won't be funny. Okay, whatever. Well... <clears throat> Name more than one, more than one character that Will Ferrell has played. Talladega Nights guy, Elf. No, no, no. Will Ferrell plays Will Ferrell in every movie that Will Ferrell plays in. Oh, Say I that see. three times fast. Yeah, it's like true. it's Will Ferrell is such a stale actor for me, and it's he's hard to watch because he just plays the same st- stupid character <laughs> every single freaking time. But it's kind of funny. But it doesn't make for interesting films. You know what? I don't care. Yeah, exactly. I don't need to consume anything that's fresh. It bothers me. Give me Home Alone over Elf. Really? Yes, I love Home Alone. I'm going to strongly disagree with that. What? Yeah, you probably didn't like Home Alone 3 then, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I liked Home Alone 2, which a lot of people hated for whatever reason. You know what? I'm I'm fine with the Home Alone movies, but... If, if we're talking about the same movies, then... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we're talking about Christmas movies, then Home Alone, I think, beats out all the others. Mm. It's it's right up there with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which is a really funny movie, I if any of y'all have seen it. Seen it. Oh, oh, no, I think we I need might to watch have. that. Uh, this is going to sound really stupid. Is that the one... What happens in that one? That, that's the one with the guy, and they drive out, and they get the big tree. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's a funny one. That's a good one. That actually might beat Elf. Well, okay, than Elf. as for Christmas yeah. movies, let's not forget Emmett Otter's Joke nope, Band. Nope, moving on, moving on. <laughs> I almost watched that recently. I watched it in my youth, but I can remember a little In your it. youth, huh? In my youthful, springy years. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Like five and six. <laughs> So I've stayed far away from that movie because it sounds and looks horrible, but um, <laughs> which it is. 
<laughs> Don't worry. It you will seemed, not be disappointed. <laughs> oh, by the way, one movie that wasn't in our top tens, but is in a lot of top tens that I just wanted to bring up really quick before I disagree with everyone on Indiana Jones, and I'm sorry if I lose the remainder of our listeners, which are hanging <laughs> by a thread, is Back to the Future. What? Which has made it on a lot of top ten lists. I want to just say how much I hate this movie. Well, I don't know why you hate it, but I do agree that it doesn't belong on the top So, list. yeah, I don't hate it, but <clears throat> I also have it at 186th, so... This movie <laughs> bothers me more than most movies created, ever. Hmm. It's... Seriously, it says something when... Oh, what's the name of that movie? Um... Oh, crud. I watched it recently. It's... It's... It's the type of comedy that everyone says Back to the Future is. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, I've not seen that. Everyone's like, you gotta watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Which is a really fun movie. Actually, <clears throat> apart from some pretty glaring inconsistencies, the, uh, like, objectively... What are you doing? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> the, the objectively best crafted time travel comedy duo of all time He's filing a libel suit against you for hating <laughs> anthony's anthony's like pressing the arrow keys on his computer and i'm not exactly sure why i'm just fidgeting <laughs> okay you look like you have a purpose though <laughs> fidgeting with intent yes <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you're under arrest. <laughs> Fidgeting with intent. But Back to the Future, I have ranked in the mid 50s on my list, which is r- mm. a really horrible grade. And Bill and Ted's, I give an 83. Back to the Future is too much of a self serious movie. And it's not even that self serious. That's true. Which is a really big <laughs> flaw when you're playing with such big tri- time travel issues. Yeah, I think as someone who watched all three movies back to back at nine o'clock in my grandmother's house in New York with no air conditioning one night because I was bored, oh. I have a little bit more respect for the movies because the two successive ones were so bad. It's like, you, but you can really tell that they were there for something special. The critics were like, yes, we're making this movie. We're going to make this a trilogy. It's going to be an epic trilogy for all time. And at the literally the end of the second movie, completes with them saying go watch back to the future 3 and it shows much of scenes from the movie going by like that's literally the end of back to the future 2 i kid you not and i'm just watching those three movies like man those suck the giant sorry spoils alert for back to the future 3 guys cover your ears Um, (laughs) when they show up in the giant magic time traveling train at the end that was the stupidest thing i've ever watched on the polar express (laughs) on crack but a movie, by the way, that I have ranked one above Back to the Future at 100. <laughs> this is what you were doing? You could have used <laughs> Control F. No, that, I did use Control F, actually. What? Then what was the <laughs> fidgeting with intent? It's fidgeting. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I'm really stuck on this, but go on. This, this is what I'm doing. Anthony's comically dark screen <laughs> computer. <laughs> But um, what Anthony was trying to say, Polar Express is the movie that he has one above Back to the Future. Yes. What are you doing? <laughs> just what I was showing you. Anyway, okay. <laughs> are we good? <laughs> yes, we're good. We're good. All right, good. That's good. We're good. <laughs> Anyhow, I feel like I've said that many times. I'm going to come up with new ways to say anyway every time. That's the first time I've heard you say anyhow. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Let's, let's keep going. All right. Um... Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh. That's number three on my list. Do you want to complain first or should I complain first? Go ahead. I need to find this on my list. <laughs> All of these movies are overlong, no. overpacked with the screen asking for emotion, with characters that I struggle to build any relationship with except for Frodo. I think that Return of the King is the best of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. It has way too much of non-Frodo storyline in it. And at the end, I'm exhausted from watching all three of these movies, and I've stopped caring. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I feel the opposite about it. So, uh, but I'll let Anthony go uh, first. I, I'm going to say I have respect for <clears throat> these movies. It took a book series, which I thought was high quality, but incredibly boring, and made them 
into decent films. That's kind of how I feel uh, about the movies, though. High quality, but incredibly boring. They're high quality, but the books are high quality, but hard to understand and get through. The movies make them even more accessible. The more movies fun. are also hard to get through, though. They're no, all three hours long, and they all <clears throat> have... Well, you don't have to watch them all back to back. And they're not three hours long. You kind of do have to watch them all back to back. Well, let's not forget that it's only acceptable to watch the extended cuts of them. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know which ones I watched, but... I will say, though, beautifully shot movie. Really well shot. For sure. Effects for sure. were good, but I mean, you know, that's a given. Well, go on. Okay, we don't... That's a heresy. <laughs> we don't talk about that. But, like, as a big Lord of the Rings fan from youth, seeing those movies on the big picture screen, so many years after they'd already come out and after it was already unremarkable, <laughs> I was inspired. Oh, yeah? <clears throat> so, <laughs> I just want to tell you that those movies were very awesome. And the acting was good. They didn't have too much time to develop the characters, but honestly, there's not a lot of movies that do develop. They the characters didn't have too to much time extent. to develop the characters, huh? Well, they did spend they like a lot three of quarters of each movie in character development. So, yeah, I think a lot of it relied on the fact that you already read the books and you already understood the characters, and you were just appreciating how they were building them. I'm but... gonna have to disagree. <clears throat> Go on. But, I mean, so, you're obviously going to enjoy those movies more. If, actually, that might not be true. I'm sure there's some people who read the books and are like, this is faithless, I hate this, when they watch the movie. <laughs> I, now I'm intrigued, Josh. What were you going to say? You think it's Well, I have never read the books in my life, and I understood the characters perfectly. It's not that I misunderstood anything. It's that I was bored because each movie was three hours long. Oh, I see, yeah. I'm saying you're... The caring about the characters, especially, comes from reading the books. Like, you care about the story because it's Lord of the Rings, right? It's a big deal. Um, or you don't because you're like, it's not really my thing. So, I don't think these movies will win you over <clears throat> if you really just despise Lord of the Rings or just didn't care for that kind of genre. But, uh... I love the genre, but honestly, Lord of the Rings, not my thing. Don't like the genre, but Lord of the Rings is the best well, of its actually, genre. As sub-genres go in the, you know, fantasy genre completely devoted to walking somewhere for the entire trilogy, (laughs) then in that case, it is one of the best. Well, they did do that with Harry Potter 7. Okay, walking somewhere the whole time can be interesting, and if you've read The Wheel of Time, you don't know true boredom. Like... If you've not read The Wheel of Time. Well, exactly. Why would that's I do why that? I haven't read The Wheel of Time. And I only read fantasy books that don't spend the entire time walking somewhere. Yeah. Sorry, well, this is a so strong opinion. The, so, I can tell. See, the thing is about the Lord of the Rings movies is you're walking somewhere. But, like, the, the world is so interesting that it's you want to keep walking places. I feel well, like, but the problem is, like, they go... Tolkien thinks it's interesting to the point where he can tell you about the trees on the road. Okay, exactly. It's like com- it's like J.K. The Hobbit. That's the Hobbit more than the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Well, but it's like the J.K. Rowling the... times ten. It's it's much. It's a little much. He's giving a lot of detail, but I I, I mean I can read without detail. I form a pretty good mental image, but I I do appreciate it. I think it's it's harder to get through for sure. There could be a condensed writing of the books, but. It's very masterfully written, very good series, and good movies, too. Mm. All right, let's move on. Obviously, there's some disagreement here. (laughs) What did I put third? Oh, The Lord of the Rings trilogy, that's what it was. So really, you have 12 movies on your list. Uh, In effect, yes. And none of them are Ocean's Eleven. Yes. Which is the best of its genre. Speaking of Ocean's Eleven, we're talking about an incredible heist movie and... A movie with some great comedic elements. Have you ever watched The Nut Job, though? Okay, uh, continue. Uh, continue, Anthony. <laughs> well, so for Ocean's Eleven, here we've got a movie. I have it ranked number four on my list, personally. Um, just under The Dark Knight and just above Hacksaw Ridge, which I know there is some contention in this room about. No, 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 I don't, I've um, not watched it. <laughs> go to Saving Private Ryan for contention, but you can keep going with this one. Okay, but anyway, Ocean's Eleven takes some, like, an all-star cast with some incredible acting in it, um, takes a big group of, you know, well, 11 characters, and <laughs> yes, just <laughs> makes it work very well, um, yeah, hard movie to beat. 
Yeah, it has eleven characters with a couple of them that are compelling, and the rest are like they're along for the ride. But I mean, yeah, but every character is memorable. Yeah, they every are. single one has a rememberable moment. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember all of them distinctly, but I, I wouldn't argue that a film needs to make 11 distinct, very memorable, and empathetic characters in it doesn't, one film. It doesn't need to, but it yet it did. To, yeah. that, which is the amazing thing, and it did it yeah. well. I don't know about making, like, empathetic characters that you can connect with, but they are definitely memorable. And there I are think some you can characters. connect with them. You can connect Except with Except for, I mean, characters. maybe the Mormon twins you can't necessarily connect with, but the other ones you definitely can. No. Uh, Watching uh, Ocean's Women, sorry, Ocean's Eight, <laughs> I always just felt more compelled seeing uh, those women say, you know, the women thing. The one line in the whole movie that explained why they were all women. People underestimate a woman. That's the whole explanation. That's look, true, Josh. Look. And they, ro- they, they succeeded too, Josh, by look, the way. In the end. You're treading in dangerous waters in <laughs> 2021. This is not a slide against women, but Ocean's no. 8 is a horrible movie. No, I actually didn't not enjoy Ocean's 8. I was just make, making fun of the fact that they explain like 30 minutes into the movie why it's only women and then never bring it up again. <laughs> but What is so clearly a departure from the fact that 11, 12, and 13 were almost all guys, if you can figure out who the 12 and the 13 were. That's true. Well, I don't know what you're talking about but because oceans um, oceans 12 <laughs> is more like oceans 15 and oceans 13 is more like oceans 51 i mean it's a little ridiculous all the characters that they bring in oceans 8 was kind of still fun to watch no uh, all right let's, let's tedious tedious this. movie a little bit yeah but it had what what did it not have josh it had hack sword had steel it had it had a corny cheesy element that the first one did not have it had what was the corny cheesy element josh the corny cheesy element was that it was a horrible plot it was literally <laughs> about robbing a like a what were they robbing like a met gala or something i mean yeah, it's it's a ridiculous so. it's worthy of a disney movie it, it was pathetic. It was it was a little bad. I wouldn't go that far. No, the, it was the pathetic. The only thing that was weird was like, in the end, they were trying to rob this girl because they thought she was stupid. But in the end, it turned out she was on their side. Oh, and she was so smart. Yeah, that was kind Give of like... Give me a break. <laughs> at, at that point, I was like, well, I, okay. I mean, it, it just kind of messed up the plot a little bit. It kind of made a disconnect for me, but... It's worse than Ocean's 12 and or Ocean's 13. I haven't Which seen is that. a horrible thing to so say. So I will loudly disagree with you <laughs> all right i think we uh, can agree <laughs> to disagree on this one maybe. before i before i rip baker to shreds yes okay okay let's continue so hold on can i take a look at your list why don't you oh why is it organized like this <laughs> <laughs> just because it's we're not about to order. see some or hear some fireworks by the way no, Josh. You're, totally you're just gonna hear a loud explosion list. and then a bunch of yelling. <laughs> <laughs> Literal. Okay, fireworks. who wants to start complaining about Tin Tin at ten? Hey, right. hey, hey, hey! I, I felt like I had to have an animated movie on this list. So put Toy Story. Um, no, no, actually, what no, a, not, what a mediocre, is... overrated. Oh, I should have put The Incredibles on it instead. So save yeah, it for the Tintin, Pixar podcast. Tin Tin is one under Back to the Future. <laughs> talking about a lot of so, movies that were in proximity to that movie so listen <laughs> yeah. tintin i'm very biased about this movie I, when i was younger i read the tintin comics a lot i was a huge fan and i felt like the tintin movie was a faithful recreation that turned some simple characters into something that was really fun to watch and the motion cap was incredible like so that was really good so let's movie. take some polar express animation and throw it with Oh like gosh. a weird adventure storyline. No, don't even say that. The Polar Express animation sucks compared to the Adventures of Tintin. It's awful. You can like watch those characters like be awkward in the Polar Express, but in Tintin, it's it works. It's fluid. It's believable. I actually like have real. to agree with Baker on yes. this one. See, good. Yes, winning. <laughs> but the storyline and the characters leave much to be desired, especially if well, you are a fan of the comics. If so, in the comics intentionally Tintin was not really a character, right? He was he was a character, but he, he had some very basic elements that drove him, and that was kind of as far as it went. The, some of the really characters that did have personalities and weren't just, like, funny was Haddock. Uh, the That's pop, the captain, right? The captain, yes. Yeah. So he was... I think he, he had a pretty good performance, the actor did, in that movie. Um, 
and so did I mean the performances were good. I know it's motion capture, but like good performances, and I felt like it was a pretty faithful recreation. If you read the comics before, I think you would appreciate that they made a pretty decent movie based on these comics. A characters that really weren't actually I say they weren't meant for film, but the guy who wrote Tintin did want them to end up being on film, and they were on film a couple times. Uh, and they sucked every single time. Including and Adventures this of one. Tintin is an exception to that. Uh, I swear it's good. Just watch <laughs> it and you'll you'll love it. And you'll say, wow, that was good. Five out of ten, wouldn't see again. I would watch it again. I watched it twice. I don't I know. I give it, it a seven out of ten. It was all right. But not nothing even close to worthy of top ten material. No, Boring, I, not memorable, doesn't get a passing grade see, for me. I just made up a fake rule for myself that I needed a, an animated movie in the top ten, something that was CGI or something, but... Alright, if we're talking about animated movies, oh, I'm not gonna elaborate, <laughs> but Incredibles, easily the best. You got the O oh, please before you even started your sentence. I don't know, Anthony, that was kind of... Uh, very stupid of you, since Incredibles 2 easily outshined... Okay, anyways. Every- <laughs> I think that was a joke, because that if it wasn't, joke. get out. Right. <laughs> I think that you cannot put the Incredibles in a top ten list. What? Which is why I didn't. Anyway. <laughs> it's good. Save it for the Pixar podcast. Okay. We'll have a lot to talk about then. My favorite Pixar film is Big Buck Bunny, but let's move on. What? Oh, you'll see. You'll see. No, I won't. Still bring that up again. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, let's see. What other things you have you dispute with? Oh, Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah, All right. we got to talk about that. Raiders, maybe not, but Last Crusade, easily top 20. No, none of them. So I actually kind of forgot the, the story. Raiders, okay, Josh is going to take this and run with it. But Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark and... Uh, the other one <laughs> kind of blended together a little bit. An Indiana me. Jones fan you are. <laughs> but not because they were bad movies. I just, I like the Raiders of the Ark, a little, Lost Ark a little bit more. I just remember that movie more. Every time I watch it, I'm like, yes, I remember those distinct elements. But I do find myself thinking like, oh, that was an element from um, one of the other movies. Except... That is not true. I, I'm kind of mentioning Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which sucks, don't but... don't talk about that movie. I want to rip into it first. What's the one where they free the slaves? That would be the second one. The, the second Temple one, of Doom. Temple of Doom. That one is also very distinct in my mind. Um, yes, for being much very, worse than the other two. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> not not worse than all three of them. Well, it was actually that movie was heavily inspired by Tintin, which is a really interesting. Uh, parallel that i didn't think i would be making but it was definitely inspired by tintin short round is literally just a character from tintin the adventure setting with like all the characters the betrayal kind of the wacky antics that happen at the beginning that start this adventure and exploration into a mystery it's inspired by tintin so Not that's a good let's movie. preface a movie, that but. the only reason i know who short round is is because of the lego indiana jones video <laughs> game not sponsored but i wish why would they sponsor? Okay, whatever. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Lego. No, we can't say that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now, Anthony and Baker think that the next thing I'm going to do is rip into Indiana Jones. I'm not, or at least not the one you yeah! think. Because everyone's already heard me talk about how much I don't like Indiana Jones as a top series. But I will say this. Basically. My appreciation for one and three has gone far higher than it was in the past because I saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and because it's one of the worst movies I've seen in my entire life. Yeah, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, can I tell a little story about that movie? Sure. So I was at a golf camp at the country club. I remember this. Right? Golf camp at the country club. This this camp ranges from ages like six to nine. We are young. We are little kids, maybe ten years old. I was probably nine or ten. And so it was the last day of golf camp. The dude wants to get us off his hands. He's like, all right, guys, bring a G-rated movie and we can watch it. And some kid was like, oh, I'll bring Minions. And we we're like, or not Minions. It was a Despicable Me back then. Uh, and we're like, okay, we're excited. And we get there and he sets down this ancient TV, like this old <laughs> box TV. And he's like, all right, uh, well, so the kid who was bringing Despicable Me isn't here, but someone brought uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth and um, kid Indiana Jones. And he puts in Journey to the Center of the Earth, and we watch it, and I'm, like, scared. I'm a kid. And then we finish that, and he's like, okay, now we're watching this one. I'll see you guys later. And he puts in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and just the trauma begins. Man, I was so young, but I still remember so many major plot points of that movie because it just 
fried in my brain. Like, when I watched the guy get eaten, when I watched all the skulls blow up that lady's face or kill her or whatever happened. Oh. There, and the masks, Indiana Jones is running through and all the masks open their eyes. Oh, and the refrigerator. But it was so bad. Like, even as a kid, I was like, this movie is really poor. Like, it's not good, <laughs> but it's scaring me. It was just, ugh. How about Indiana Jones hiding in a refrigerator to save yeah, himself was, from a um, nuclear bomb? Nuclear bomb experts will tell you that that's not how it works. <laughs> or nuclear bomb novices. <laughs> yes. Both of them should How about agree. people who understand, you know, physics? Like, or who don't. Or it's okay if you don't. If you have heard about Hiroshima or any nuclear bomb disaster in your lifetime. But let's not forget that it did say that the refrigerator was, in fact, lead. Ugh. That was a um, joke. Actually, but, you know, it actually is it an it. inch or a foot of lead which reduces fifty percent of radiation passing through it generally. Well, speaking. it doesn't matter. The yeah, he would have died wave. in the blast. <laughs> He's or, also like eighty years old. Eighty years old doesn't matter. I I mean, kind of true, actually. Well, eh, no, not according to the film. I don't care. He's but old. In real life, yes. He's not eighty though. Okay, let's... He's feet from a nuclear blast in a refrigerator <laughs> flying okay, through the air. He could be 10. I don't care. He would have died. It's also pretty wacky that he just stumbles into the middle of a nuclear test site just as they're firing the bomb, but yeah. Okay, but that's just plot convenience. That's yeah. I'm okay with that. But um, we probably have time to talk about a couple more movies before we have to wrap up, but we're getting close. It was Close Encounters up there for any of you i haven't seen it yet i also haven't seen it because i haven't heard good things about it um i just haven't gotten to it it's a classic movie i think like if you enjoy alien movies and you enjoy kind of mysteries and that sort of thing you will enjoy close encounters i'm not a big fan of alien movies but close encounters really sold it for me so i'd recommend it and to everyone listening watch it now I will know if you There's don't. no way we've retained an audience after some of the things <laughs> we've said. You're right, you're right. And after getting sidetracked like eight times with Anthony's fidgeting. But Captain America and the Winter Soldier. That was, a, that was an odd choice, I felt like. It because I do like the Winter Soldier. I think it's... I don't even know if it's the best of the Captain America movies. Really? It's good. I, I liked it. But it's I wouldn't consider any Marvel movie top ten material. I don't think it has the same suspense or the same yeah. emotion that so, uh, the Dark Knight does. That's why I love Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Because I like Marvel, but I don't seriously consider those movies in contention for the best movies. Except Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And I think I overrated it. But this movie holds tension really well. Of course it has Marvel Syndrome, and even though it kills, quote, kills... Nick Fury at the beginning, and it brings him back to life later. But it still, like, establishes that sense of tension and like everything the characters know has been overthrown which works really well in the movie but not to talk about it for too long great musical score really good yeah. also number three on my list of captain america movies <sighs> but what? not a bad movie number th there's only two of them no there's three and there's three what's the third one? first avenger winter soldier civil war oh, a civil war oh. i liked civil war a lot i, I haven't I seen it, it i've only heard terrible things really yeah oh no it's a great movie I feel like it's just one of those Marvel churned out like factory movies. For no, I've heard, but uh -uh. that sets up every plot point that appears in the later Marvel movies. Uses... I keep hearing those like those buzzwords, like they're like, "Oh, why is this happening?" Oh, so something convention in Marvel, like, "Oh yeah, that's from uh. Civil War." Oh, yeah. I I think I think it's a good movie. Uh, I do also think <clears throat> I think that um that Avengers Endgame is the best of the Marvel movies. That's as good as it gets. I think Infinity probably. War is also really close to that. And Winter Soldier would probably be around 4th, 5th, or 6th for me. It's up there. It's, good. it's one of the it's best. Good. We'll have a Marvel podcast, too, down the road. Oh, we should, yeah. Um, I've watched a lot of those, so I can rank them. And we're planning a lot of podcasts on the show. This we should are. probably be a production meeting thing. Yes. <laughs> except that we don't have those. Princess Bride <laughs> is also good. We haven't talked about that. Or the Harry, we touched on the Harry Potter movies. Well, we didn't really. And I did cool. want to touch on them. Because Anthony and I have similar problems with them, I think. Um, you haven't yelled at something in a while. Do you want to talk about it? You know, Harry Potter just doesn't cut it for me as top 10 material. Now, that's not to say that Deathly Hallows Part 2 is a bad movie, and I do have it fairly high on my list at, like, 32. Um, but... Slow. Not really. It, it just... 
I don't know. The more I watch it, 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 it doesn't hold up to some of the great movies on the list. It just doesn't... I, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just not as good. You're just missing a certain story quality and, frankly, well, not really an acting quality, but kind of an acting quality, apart from Alan Rickman and Daniel Radcliffe. Um, it's just... And if you if you look into even the books, if you look into it closely, there are so many plot problems with uh, Harry Potter, all of the books, all of the movies... You know, I've just stopped caring about the plot inconsistencies it's, because they're so common. I don't care either, but they're still there. And they're yeah. a little more glaringly apparent than they are in other series, you have to admit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is Harry Potter. It's it's good. I like Harry Potter, but we all no, know that yeah, that's inconsistencies. That's not to say it's not good. I love the Harry Potter movies, but, I mean, definitely some flaws. And I think... That the Harry Potter movies kind of seven is their peak, and then they just start decreasing in quality from seven down. Five is five is a lot worse though. I would say it would be like seven two seven one six two four five one three. Hmm. But that can be it. That can be another podcast down the road. Anyway, I would love to have that podcast. Well. Uh, I had a really funny joke, but my internet's preventing me from making it, um, which is sad. Did it have to do with Wikipedia and Pulp Fiction? No, neither. Good. Oh, um, we didn't talk about Pulp Fiction. Five but five. I will rank the top three movies of all time here for you now. Okay. Since we may talk about what movie is good and what's, quote, better. I but, have a feeling uh, that I'm going to... Uh, ask you to stop talking as, in a as couple we all seconds, know the but... real ranking of objectivity how goodly how good a movie is is how much people enjoy it and how much it makes because in the end all movies oh, are trying no. to make money oh, which no. unfortunately i can't see all of the top 10 but let's just get the top three movies of all time objectively speaking first avatar second avengers endgame and third the titanic moving on those so... are the objectively the best three movies of all time and if you leave here knowing one thing it's that uh Movie ranking is objective. Avatar might be the most overrated movie of all time. It's Could really be. good. It's really good. I have it it's, at it's 91st. Like, it's 91st? It's so good. What are you putting? You put Elf above. <laughs> okay, Avatar. that's a little ridiculous. I was on an emotional ride in Elf. I just couldn't <laughs> stop watching. When, when Buddy left home, I just couldn't handle it. Oh okay. my gosh. Um, one movie we really have to get going, but one movie that I really, really enjoyed is The Social Network that hasn't gotten enough credit on this podcast. What's that one? It's about the creation of Facebook, but it's such an emotional roller coaster. Oh, I watched the one about the creation of, uh, of uh, Chick- not Chick-fil-A. McDonald's. McDonald's. Good one. Good movie. Social Network's top 20. Not it's... quite top 10 for me, but very good. Name a better acting, directing performance than... Well, they're they're out there, but it's... <laughs> it's... Oh, gosh. It's, like, so close to the top. Um, But that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you. And we will be back soon. Yeah. We don't have a consistent recording schedule. No, we don't. It's like, hey, show up at 8 in the morning here. Okay. And then Baker shows up five minutes late every time. Well, and then 10 we get minutes started. late, but yes. That's, oh. that's the general idea. All right. So we Very will good. see y'all next time. Yeah. Thank you for listening. If you, if you made it this far. Goodbye. <laughs> Which